Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 Today on Collider Jedi Council, General Hux reads a script. Zori Bliss got some rumors. And we have so many of your questions, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Collider Jedi Council starts right now. Well, hello, my little Force-following friends. It is I, Cat Napsock. We have John Rook over hello. here today. And a very special guest making his Collider Jedi Council debut, Jeffrey Henderson here as well. Darth Presley's here. Oh, Luke, I'm your papa. <laughs> Don't make me use my stuff on you, man. It's so rare these days when you see a Star Wars shirt that you've never either seen or come out or is new. I have never seen a Darth Presley shirt. Well, I'm glad you like it because it's actually my design and I brought you guys a bunch of stuff. From what? The store. Hey, I don't even know. Where do you see Kylo Ren and Stimpy? It's going to be a great day. I love it. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Christian Harloff is on a much-deserved vacation. So we're here to talk about all the latest in Star Wars movie news. Adam, you can roll that package. That's the package. It's really just a graphic. <laughs> it's a cool graphic. We're going to dive in, and then, and then we're going to get a chance to meet our guests uh, throughout this event here. We're going to work things uh, a little differently here today. I'm just turning to my chair. I came from, straight from the doctor today, John So. Yep. I get a lot, of, a lot of blood taken out of me. I might be a little loopy. Pull me back. <laughs> he's things lo- goes he's a little package. He is. You need, I am. You need a cookie or something? I only or... had an or- orange juice. There we go. I need more, Jeffrey. I need more. <laughs> it's midichlorians, man. I do. It's, my midichlorian count is low. We are here to talk about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Kind of. Donald Gleason, General Hux, General Hugs. He was out and about promoting the uh, picture, The Kitchen. You haven't heard of The Kitchen? Uh, don't worry, you will. But also, you've heard of Star Wars, which means if you're out promoting Star Wars and you have anything to do with Star Wars, or excuse me, you're out promoting something that's not Star Wars and you have anything to do with Star Wars, they're going to ask you about Star Wars. You get it? And Donald Gleason got asked about reading the script Star Wars Episode Nine, and he says this kind of stuff. He says it was like reading uh, reading the Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker script for the first time, and 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 no, knowing uh, the last movie of the Skywalkers. He says it was cool. It was a page turner, and it was different than I thought. It was great. It was exciting, and you also feel a part of this tiny globe that gets to read these things ahead of people, and that feels special. Thanks. General Hux. He also says he likes being in good films, but not franchises. He loved the first two. He mentioned that he hasn't seen anything in Rise of Skywalker yet, other than read the script, but he mm-hmm. loved Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and he's proud to be part of something good. All right. John, yeah. Jeffrey, let's dive into this. This is another actor saying, yes, I uh, enjoy the thing that I'm in that's coming out. 
I wouldn't expect anything imagine different. That. Yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. that. But are there any little clues or any little things that you're picking up here? Uh, John, we'll start with you and okay. then uh, go to our guest, Jeffrey. Well, look, I, I'm a massive fan of Donald Gleason, yeah. uh, as I've been corrected to say. I interviewed the kitchen director, Andrea Burloff. She's mm. going to be on the deep cut tomorrow, so look for that. But um, this is great comments from him in this way, too. He says it's a page turner. I like that. Two, he says something different. So I think that's a bit of an indirect shot at, our, at uh, little Ryan Johnson, maybe, but certainly saying that he's excited about it and likes that it's a bit of a different thing, which means maybe there's something here that maybe he wasn't happy with in the last two films and how Hux was going. Have it be something different. This is uh, interesting because one of the things that complaints about both uh, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi was they are too reminiscent of uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So maybe this is maybe a new approach to it, a new uh, direction for them to take. So that excites me. If I can take anything from those words, I'll take that. You're taking a lot. You're taking a lot. I like it. Mr. Henderson, what do you think about that? I love him as an actor, and he's been in so much great stuff that even if it's... um, because, you know, there, there's a certain mandate just because he's not going to come out and say, oh, it sucks, and I thought right. it was lame. Right. But he's so accomplished, and he's been in so many great things. I will defer to that guy's judgment. If he yeah. says he thinks it's cool and it's a page-turner, then I'll, that's good enough for me. Because, and, you know, the, not only the quality of the work, but the quality of a lot of movies that he's been in, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to think they'd give him a little deference, too, where they wouldn't yeah. have him out spouting about it unless it was legit pretty solid and mm-hmm. pretty exciting and... And I'm kind of with you. I want him to be swinging from the fences. I don't want yeah. it to just be another riff on A New Hope. Not that I, I mean, I really love the, the other two, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'd like to see him just go out with a, a just go nuts and mm. just knock it out of the park. That, so that's, that's an interesting thought. And you're, you're so right. He's such an accomplished actor that you know he's not going to put his reputation on the line too much. Again, we, we, get, we get that he's going to say something nice and positive, but it's not a talk. This doesn't sound like a talking point to me. Now, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't sound like he's being force fed something. And the reason I mentioned mentioned his um, resume as an actor is he's in a position where he doesn't have to just do it for the check. He doesn't have to just capitulate because, you know, he's Mm. I think he's good enough and respected enough where he doesn't have to be part of something that sucks if he doesn't want to be. Absolutely. And and this thought here, John, you said here about it it was something different than I thought. Yeah, Um, uh, that that's always interesting to me because because, again, he's an actor. He's an artist. He's mm. that type, you know. Watch his work, and what's the uh, the Netflix uh, National Lampoon movie with Will Forte and him? Like halfway through the movie, I didn't know it was him. You know, he was <laughs> he, he's one of those kind of performers. But yeah. uh, so when someone says it's different, I'll also because I, I you know obviously I love Last Jedi. I think leading into it, Ryan Johnson was saying, "Hey, it's." It's, it might be a little different than you think. Yeah. And everyone just was like, ah, it's different. Oh, we, it is right. different. Good point. Do you take anything from him hmm. saying that? Like, are you, you said you enjoyed the first two films. Yeah, are you bracing I, for it? I mean, I kind of get a little bit of what you got out of it that mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. a, maybe a very slight nod to the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. they're going somewhere different with it and like yeah. maybe not create this expectation that's going to be exactly what you want, which mm-hmm. I think is a great thing. I think that's really cool. I yeah. like being surprised. I'd love to have it be a total, right. oh, my God, I never saw that coming. Absolutely. I would say if I predict something and it's accurate uh, too many times, then, then I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't want that to happen in the theater, John. Well, there's difference and splitting the fandom, and there's different and everyone comes together and is excited about it, sure. right? And so maybe this is different in a way that everyone comes together and is excited about it again and was J.J.'s original vision from the first film. So that's where I hang my hat on, not so much – you know, because you can deal in absolutes as only sits as only sits do. But this idea of like, oh, if it's different, we're not gonna like it. No, if yeah. it's different in a way that makes sense to all of us, to a large majority of the fans, then that's a positive, and that's what I hope JJ is doing here, so that we can at least walk away from this trilogy feeling like, okay, at least they stuck the landing, and we can all walk away. Whatever the, our issues may be in terms of uh, yeah. Last Jedi. This is more uh, of a happier situation. Yeah, making films ain't easy. In nope. fact, uh, Jeffrey, you know this. You have indeed. got some experience. You you have a, a career that uh, goes in a lot of different areas. I remember on Schmoes doing a news story based on some of your art, mm. I believe, had popped up. Uh, but also you made in 2016, I believe, a, an award-winning Star Wars fan film, Sable indeed. Corsair. Yep. Very well received. Yeah. So when you approach making a Star Wars, how do you do that? <laughs> Oh, wow, boy, there's a loaded question. Um, Well, the main thing, because I'm a lifelong Star Wars fanatic. I mean, I I 
I love Star Wars. And, it, and not just um, superficially. Like, it actually really meant a lot to me when I was a kid. Mm, yeah. um, I had a really bad accident when I was a kid, and I was kind of couch-bound for a long time mm. afterwards. And part of why I do all the stuff that I do creatively and professionally is because at the time, what I was able to go out and do was so limited that my grandmother and my mother kind of brought the world to me. So it was yeah. all comic books and records and a guitar and, like, action wow, figures yeah. and... Mm. So I kind of built this little imaginative world because that's what I had. And Star Wars was a huge part of that. I remember my mom brought home the double LP of the soundtrack and just left it on. And I would, <laughs> if it stopped, I'd cry and she'd come keep flipping it and flipping <laughs> it and flipping it. Um, yeah. But the thing about <clears> – <throat> and I'll preface this. I don't have any delusions of grandeur about my little sure. Star Wars. Like, it was wonderful and I'm really proud of it. But, but I don't um, – I'm not putting too much on it. I'm really grateful it was well-received and we worked our asses off on it. But mm. the, the thing that always stuck with me about the experience was we went to um, the Glamis Dunes to shoot, which is the part of the desert kind of – it's. I heard it's not that far from where they did part of Return of the Jedi, like the oh, Starlight yeah. Pit and all that stuff. Yeah. First of all, I had no idea. I grossly, grossly underestimated how difficult it would be to shoot in the desert. Like, yeah, yeah. That was mm. crazy. I had no idea. If, I, if you guys ever hear me talk about doing that in the desert, just punch me in the face <laughs> as hard as you can. Is perhaps uh, Anakin Sandline just George himself saying, oh don't God. shoot in the desert? Yeah. I sit here with a latte going, I'm never doing this again. This <laughs> um, and the other thing is I think Star Wars, at least the original trilogy, which is kind of where my, my heart is. I just mm. I love those movies so much. But so much of that was defined by hardship. I mean, there's, mm. it's myth, mythological. The, the making of the movies is as mythological as the movies right. themselves. Mm. Right. How fraught and how difficult and how problematic it was. And that was my experience, too. <laughs> Dude, the first day we had sandstorms that were so bad, it almost blew our RV over. That's it a, blew our, like, um, our crafty tent, like, 100 yards into the dunes. Wow. Definitely we, Star Wars we couldn't, use the, <laughs> we couldn't use the drones. Yeah, and then um, Alex, the girl that was in the movie, we were shooting this thing. We were coming up over a dune, and the dune started to shift, and it started to swallow her up. And the the DP, because we couldn't have a video village, he's like looking on an iPad, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, that looks great. She really looks like you." And we're like, "She's gonna die." We can't. <laughs> We've got like, a human chain trying to pull her out, and um, but it was a blast. And just to be, even in the little tiny, tiny cellular part, mm -hmm. to be part of that world was was yeah amazing and mm -hmm. how do you approach keeping doing something yeah I, I get what you're saying and i respect what you're saying hey you made a fun uh you had a fun project uh paying homage but you're telling a bit of a story and you're ca catching the look and the feel and you have to keep it within the world by telling a new story and i'm talking about these filmmakers mm -hmm. john i'm talking about jj ryan doesn't matter who you are even george himself mm -hmm. in 99 um how did you approach taking a character or something we love and, and adding a new wrinkle by keeping it the same as, as, a, as a creator. Huh, that's interesting. Um, well, the one thing, when I, when, when I first heard about the contest, I'd actually been working in China on mm. an animated movie, and I came back, and I literally came back early to meet Jen for the opening of The Force Awakens, like that yeah. night. And we had this long talk, and... Um, because I had been working so much and I had really abandoned doing some creative stuff for myself. So we had this, you know, sit down and she's like, what do you want to do? And what can we do to kind of get you out there? And, mm. and then I heard about the, I had already started working on ideas for a short and I'd thought about doing a fan film, but it was broad strokes kind of, mm. but the main thing with star Wars, I kept coming back to the idea of the smugglers and the bounty hunters because as much as I love the mythology, of the Jedi and the lightsabers, mm. it's just so done. It's so mm. overdone. Yeah. Mm. And the other thing was, pragmatically, I knew that smugglers and more character-driven stuff was more realistic in terms of the effects, and you don't have to deal with crazy stunts and all that kind of stuff. And on top of that, I'm a huge firefly, firefly fan. Right. Mm. Try saying that ten times yeah, yeah. fast. I can. And what I loved, part of what I loved about Firefly was, I think he glommed onto that same part, the kind of old west rogue yeah. scoundrel in space thing. And now I don't have any illusions that. We did that. It's just yeah. that was kind of the barometer or that was what we were trying to do mm -hmm. because I thought ultimately if you can make them, even in the short time that you've got, if you can make it believable and make them relatable and at least care enough to where it shows up at the end. Yeah. Because, you know, Boba Fett, spoiler alert, Boba Fett shows up at the end and right. we have mm -hmm. a, a, a Sith witch that shows up. Um, but I just wanted to make it more character centric than 
stunts and flipping around right. and lightsabers because I just didn't think I could do it given right, the right. time constraints. And the other thing is the contest itself, the parameters were so limiting in terms of the deadline was really tight and what, what you could do and what music you could use and all that was very restrictive, which I loved because yeah. I figured it, it wouldn't let me get too precious about it. We couldn't overthink it. And um, because it's easy to go down that rabbit hole where you, you know, like Lucas did it with the original ones where mm. he was 20 years later. He's still still futzing. Mm. Yeah. And there has to be a point of, of like a demarcation line where you're like, you know what? I'm done with it. And I, I let's move on. And yeah. but it was great. And I thought we had a great time. And I considering our liquid budget was like eight bucks. I thought it came out, pretty well <laughs> came and, out OK. You know, uh, that's great. We'll tell you guys at the end of the show where to find it there. So as, as with all that knowledge and, and just your passion as a lifelong fan, which is a, that's, a, that's an interesting. I love hearing that story that Star Wars kind of the galaxy came to you. That's that's pretty powerful stuff. Uh, another reason why we love Star Wars. Uh, looking at looking at Hux and the character of Hux. John, yep. Jeffrey, what do we want in nine? Bold expectations. Go crazy. Um, seeing the journey of, of him in seven, which I always felt he was a weird parody in seven. Yeah. I thought he was really over the top. And so I actually enjoyed eight where I'm like, yeah, he's kind of a b- buffoon. That's the point. He's, yeah, I thought that was great. Everyone yeah. like ragged on it that it was silly. I thought it was really I, cool and fun. I, I never took on which we stand serious. Like I was never right. like, oh, he's a, like, like this is these are people trying to be fascist yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not doing it. And his father in, in canon, Brendel Hux, is, is a boob. So. <laughs> Uh, he absolutely yeah, he just read it. He's just a mess. Um, but let's have some fun. Fantasy booking, as we would say in pro wrestling here. Yeah. What do you want, John? I, well, I like that there was a window at the end of Last Jedi when Huck says to Kylo, I think you got him. Like, there's, for once, he is pushing back at the joke that Kylo is a little bit as well in his anger and frustration and overdoing it. It's Hux finally getting over on Kylo in an emotional, mature way, which we hadn't seen up to that point. And so, yeah, in the in uh, Force Awakens, it's a bit of a comical thing, but it, there, the, but there were shades uh, in Last Jedi as the film went along. Not at the beginning with the mom jokes, I can't with that. But as it went along, you started to see a little more of a rounder character with Hux. So, what do I want? Nine. I want Hux to be a legitimate character to fear yes he may have come from a boob but there's plenty of people who actually become something who've come from boobs uh i won't make it the next comment uh but like that that kind of stuff is possible here with uh hux and i'd like to see that because i'd like to see kylo i know people want to see kylo like you know redeemed all this kind of but there's a possibility here that the first order uh was uh i don't know was inefficient from the beginning and only ha- happened to get lucky to be into this to get into power now if the emperor's behind everything mm. which is what a lot of people are speculating then i think hux plays a stronger part than kylo does and I think there's a, a possibility here for Hux to stand out. That's what I like to see. Something okay. strong, something more powerful, something where you can actually fear him. And maybe a little of the Grand Moff Tarkin vibes would be nice. Okay, Jeffrey, picking up from that, where do you, where do you go with this guy? Well, again, I love him as an actor. And one of the things I don't think he gets enough credit for is <clears throat> the little bit of time that Hux had in the two movies. It's, mm. He establishes a lot about what's going on with the guy without... Mm-hmm. saying a lot i mean yeah. he's obviously like pathologically insecure mm. um he's really super ambitious but he's so fraught with his own insecurities that he's having yeah. a hard time he's terrified of kylo ren but hates him with a passion <laughs> and i would like to see him whether it's completely motivated by self-interest or some kind of moral epiphany i would like to see him play an instrumental role in just mm. putting an end to whatever yeah. um if and the, that's kind of contingent on where they're going to go with Kylo Ren because he could either be redeemed and end up being a good guy, which is a great arc, or he could go the other way and just be the most evil, down the rabbit hole, bad guy yeah. ever. Mm. I'm cool with either one. I think both would be really interesting. Yeah. But I'd like to see Hux play some kind of seminal role in that going on either way. Yeah, I love what you both are saying here. And, John, one of my favorite moments in Last Jedi is that moment where it's, it's played for laughs because it's funny. Of, yeah. I think you got him. But really... You see Kylo is cracking, and, mm-hmm. and Hux, there's a flash in his eye because he's a great actor yeah. that he tells you the story of, I'm afraid of this guy. He just kind of choked me. I had to call him Supreme Leader. Oh, but he's breaking, mm-hmm. and I might have a window. And Absolutely. that's what I want to see explored. And you see that kind of that undertone of, 
I'm going to wait this out, and I'm going to get this, dude. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get this, boy. <laughs> right. It's the Russian is cut. The Russian's finally yeah. cut. Rocky sees his his avenue, and I think yeah. that's the thing. Because Hux, Hux is not standing up and saying, like, oh, you know, I think you got him. Yeah. He's saying, it like, I think you got him. He's, like, it's more of a dismissive thing. And yeah. he's taking the chance to be choked again. Yeah. But he does it because he feels he has power here. He feels oddly safe in that yes, moment yes. because... Oh, he's focused on Space Wizard, dude, and something's not all there, yeah. and I think he killed our boss. Um, <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah, so I, I love that, and I, I think you both make great points, and, and yeah, I hope I hope we can get a little bit more with Hux, and we'll see where Richard E. Grant, his character, General, is a General Allegiant Pride, I think is his name. Uh, maybe maybe Hux goes and grabs him. I was hey, so, I was hey, so hoping that he was going to be Thrawn. <laughs> I, I know, a lot of people were thinking that. Uh, and I finally started reading Thrawn Treason. I know we don't do the reviews as much here anymore. Mm. Uh, starting out pretty good there. Uh, next story here in the movie news, we got some rumors. Now, I personally, when I sit at this desk uh, and stories come across, if rumors, leaks, anything, even even if it seems wildly untrue, I, I, I read with a grain, grain of salt, number one, but also just at a distance. I, I don't like to be spoiled. I don't even like context. But we're going to dive into the story of uh, Zori Bliss, this character here, Carrie Russell's character behind me. Um, <laughs> This uh, on screen there, that beautiful design of a character. Just some thoughts of what she might be, uh, what planet she's on, some stuff floating around. But let's throw all that out. I want to have fun, gentlemen, of talking mm. about what we want from this character, a character we don't know anything about yet, Jeffrey, other than Cool Helmet. It's a great design, man. Yeah. It really is. I'm yeah, a huge you know design stuff. Mm. Well, to me, that's a big part of the iconography of Star Wars is like the 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 designs of everything across all the movies is just unbelievable how yeah. great and consistent and forward thinking and I iconic and mythological they are and that's an, that's fantastic that's really good yeah. i hope a that she's a total badass and b i would love it if she was mara jade yeah just reveal um, wow yeah because i think i think there's a lot of possibilities to introduce eu stuff even though they consider it not canon but yeah I, I'd be really surprised if they didn't find a way to work some of it in just to kind of bring it all together um, or some connection with Ray. It's just so wide open, but it's mm. such a great design. I hope it's not just the design. Like, right. I'd hate it to be a Captain Phasma where it's, like, all show and no go. It, like, it, that itself is a weird Star Wars tradition, too. We were talking off yeah. there. Darth Maul, which has grown into this spectacular character, mm. thanks in large part to what we were brought to, to it in the animated uh, shows there. We can't deny it was one and done for a long time, for a long time. So you want to, yeah, maybe this breaks that trend. And she's a great actor, too. I mean, yeah. I'd love to see her really throw down and um, have an yeah. opportunity to bring some of that stuff to Star Wars. Because mm -hmm. the, it, would be, it would be wonderful if her character in the performance was as great as the design is. Yeah, I totally get that there, John. What do you mm. feel, feel about this character? It's funny. Reading this stuff, um, I know it's tough sometimes to speculate because everyone, go, everyone gets frustrated. Like, it's not the mom. Who's the mom? Who's the mom? Like all this stuff with the parents. But uh, rest <laughs> I think it's important to have this conversation. And, mm -hmm. I, and obviously the people who've been coming out with these interviews saying we're going to get resolution about Ray's parents, that's where a lot of people are hanging on uh, the edge about, like, what is the truth about these parents? Yes, we all talk about it because we all hang around with each other and, yeah. and batter it into pieces. But, you know, normal people outside our bubble are out there just like, well, what, what's the deal here? You know, and, and then they go on with their lives. They just have that question. Yeah. But like, so, uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I think that's the thing that I, I, they need to answer here. And, and uh, Zora having, a, have, Zora having a, a connection to this is fascinating to me. Could she have been the guardian that they entrusted to drop Ray off in Jakku? My thing is, I was looked at the ages of, K of Carrie Russell, I looked at the ages of Daisy Ridley. She's 16, older, 16 years older than Daisy Ridley. Could she have been a young mom who drops Ray off? Zori, yes. Zori Bliss could be Ray's mom, possibly, who drops her off, goes become a bounty hunter or whatever to work for the Empire or, what, or First Order or whatever it is. Um, and d puts her in the care on Jakku, that's possible as well. And yes, it still works. The parents died in graves, yes, because that life died in that fake grave. I am now this. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility as well to explore uh, with Zori. Other than that, if she's just a badass uh, mercenary, fantastic. And but again, possibility. what you just mentioned is such a staple of like the old west man with no name type of yeah, stuff right like, oh that's who i was he's buried and now i'm somebody else right you know it, 
I'm down with that, too. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Yes, sure. sir. Okay, so in The Last Jedi, when Kylo does the whole, your parents were nobody, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. do you think that was a setup to be paid off, or do you think that was his real answer, and people were because people were so unhappy with it, they're going to retcon it? Uh, so my opinion is, yes, that was Ryan Johnson's real answer, but I think the fury... Uh, pushed J.J. to retcon it, and everybody involved with Lucasfilm decided to retcon it um, because they didn't get the reaction. They could have. That's my personal opinion. Like, who knows if it's true or not? But that's what it felt like. Because when he said it, I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's great. You came from nothing. But I'm the kind of person of this thing wasn't built that way. This, this doesn't work within the mythology of Star Wars. It really doesn't, at least the films. Maybe in canon and the books and comics or whatever. But in the films, it isn't worked that way. They're all interconnected in certain ways. Even Anakin. How was Anakin born? It's almost like, uh, um, not to make the comparison, but it's almost like a Christ birth. We don't know who the dad is. Who was the dad? How did this happen? So there's all kinds of... Um, Sorry, mysticism and uh, all this stuff involved with these births that's connected and interconnected throughout. Even Solo. We don't know who Solo's parents were. Who's Solo's parents? How did he show up? What's the deal? With Leia, oh, Anakin, and uh, Padme, okay, what's the deal? Like, there's so much involved here. To have it be nobody, I don't know. I know some people like that. I didn't. I, I'm one of the ones who, who loved it, but also mm. think that's just part of that particular chapter of the story mm. that I think Kylo has to be telling the truth in that moment as far as he knows. Uh, from a certain point of view, is something that's always going to be played around with Star Wars. I think they are too intimately connected, even before Snoke bridged their minds. That interrogation scene on The Force Awakens was two people getting to intimately know each other and know their fears, and, and more connected. The, they are the only two connected. They, not just by the Force, but just like, I know what you're afraid of, mm, and right. you know what I was afraid of. Yeah. And there, that way, they, he almost couldn't lie to her. And she gives him the answer... Uh, they're gone, they're dead. We go to Mons Kanata in episode seven. She says that too. What, what you need's not behind you, it's in front of you. And she even says, Luke. I think it still could be. Uh, I, 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 the better example, the cl- more clear mm. example for, is Kylo's helmet. He breaks, and then now he's, gonna, he's rebuilding his helmet. Right. People are like, ah, oh, JJ's playing around with it. No, I think that's just the next chapter. Mm. Everyone in the world to- told Kylo to take that stupid helmet off. Well, he's killed anyone who's told him that. Right. I was going to rebuild it because that's what I want to do. I think that's just logical progression. So I think it's a little column A, a little column B. J.J. Mm. might have had some plans, certainly. Might have said, uh, she could be tied to Palpatine. She should be a clone. Born of the Force to answer Anakin. Mm. I'm open to all of that there as just being the next chapter. If that makes sense. What's yeah. your answer? Did we pass the test, Jeffrey? Yeah. Well, Please say, did we pass the test? It was a great question. <laughs> yes, gentlemen, you did very well. Um, no, I'm kind of with both you guys. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of open. I just think, think it's a really interesting precedent to not know because it was mm. so controversial. It was such a big deal. Mm. And yeah. I thought narratively it was a really cool choice, but I kind of agree that it doesn't jibe with so much of the design of how the mm. Skywalker stuff has been built yeah. up to now. Yeah. Also, if she's, if she's got these force powers and she's able to use them so quickly so effectively it can't happen in a vacuum it just can't happen in a vacuum it just can't i like all this i like all this we're gonna get a couple more stories here but uh, you know what actually you talked about the design and Mm -hmm. since we have you here and you you know i don't i don't want to sit here and list your resume you've done a lot of cool stuff and you've done some great uh, again i think that story was spider-man art if i remember yeah being out there the unproduced spider-man 4 that's right Mm -hmm. i remember covering that it's like you 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 you're good with design and character design and this this is something that you probably have passion for too Mm -hmm. when you you talk about this design what are some of your other favorite star wars designs overall Uh, and it's throwing a lot on the on the spot there (laughs) um god there's so many and they're so good that I think they're defining for the franchise. I think part of the, the reason that it resonates so universally and it transcends language and culture and geography is the iconography of the designs. Darth Vader's one of the greatest designs ever committed yeah. to film. Mm. Boba Fett, even more so. Yeah. And Boba Fett's one of those guys, he has what? Three minutes of screen time in right. nine movies. Yeah. And he's one of the <laughs> most popular. He spawned an entire legion of Because of that. Yeah, um, yeah. The Stormtroopers, the original Stormtroopers, I think might be the greatest one of the whole trilogy. That, that's a remarkable design. I have never heard anyone really answer wow. that. And I got to say, you're, you might be right. And just it's so sleek and good and fits in that you don't even think about it. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. And that's any great creative pursuit, acting or direct. Particularly, I would analogous to acting where like Gene Hackman who's all one of my favorite actors of all time mm. part of the thing that makes him so great um, 
Robert Duvall has the same quality where mm-hmm. they're so effortless. Right. They're so good that they don't even seem like they're acting. Like they just right. show up, oh, it's Gene Hackman. Yeah. You take it for granted how mind-bogglingly good he is to be able to do it and make it look that effortless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same thing with all the Star Wars, like the Star Destroyer, the first shot of New Hope. That's one of the greatest <laughs> scenes ever filmed in the history of everything. <laughs> yeah. And not just the, the visual iconography, but the symbology, the little ship, the giant one chasing, the framing. The, it's perfect. It's a yeah. perfect intro to a movie. Absolutely. Um, I, I, am, I, am, I, I am just to the age where I was at a drive-in theater one year. Don't have no recollection, but I love talking to those who got this experience cinema change over their heads it changed right there yeah. to this day there's whole teams of nerds at mit yeah trying to reverse engineer it like <laughs> what's the closest thing we have to a kyber crystal can we do this for real <laughs> let's do it let's is do there it anything up. that can keep our hands from getting cut off no okay yeah yeah I mean, it's just it's a whole um there's a whole pantheon of amazing designs yeah. and i really think that's a a cornerstone of why Star Wars resonates the way that it does. Mm. And it's, you, talk, you talked earlier about the, the mythology. It's like I always say, as a Beatles fan, like I, I uh, am obsessed with not just their songs and music, but also where they lived, what they called their fans, Apple Scruffs, what they, what they ate on this day, what facial hair they had. That's what we and John, I know you love mm. the Beatles too. It's like the, all of that Star Wars, the I'm names, a huge Beatles nerd. The, too. Yeah. Welcome to Beatle. Jedi Council. Um, hey, you, Paul, let's try to use a false pose. <laughs> be quite prepared for that eventuality. Um, we could do it. But you know what I mean? We're like, yeah. like, I have a Beatle book that literally has every professional day catalog. Yeah. And I studied in high school, which is why I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. But in Star Wars, it's, it's the Phil Tipp- Tibbetts, the, the Macquarie we know, Joe Johnston's, Doug Chang, the prequels, some of the oh, best yeah. designs there. Yeah, just staggering stuff. And yeah. the fact that they're so consistent over such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny you bring up the Beatles because I always made a lot. I think it's there's a lot of similarities between what happened with the Beatles, what happened with Star Wars, and what happened with Marvel, mm. where people forget. You know, the Beatles' whole career was like seven years. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. astonishing. Like yeah. um, Star Wars, the first couple came out in a couple years from each other, but it literally changed not just cinema, but yeah. like the world, like mm-hmm. popular culture and everything. Or Marvel, like Stan Lee with Ramita and Ditko and Kirby and yeah. all those guys. The whole pantheon of Marvel heroes was done in, what, five, six years. Right. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Right. He didn't even create Spider-Man until he was in his 40s. That's nuts. There's still time, people. There's still time <laughs> God. for all of us. John, what are some of your favorite designs in Star Wars? Oh, I mean, you already hit on a lot of them. By the way, I had a girlfriend years ago who had a stormtrooper fetish. Very interesting thing. Uh, yeah, no lie. Very so much so. that's get, how it is in that family. <laughs> she would get turned on by anyone. I'm we, not the droid you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. We'd go to conventions, and she would have to run up to people dressed as stormtroopers and take pictures with them and touch well, them. Very strange. Um, yeah, yeah that's mean, a good, interesting design. I like this new red uh, red stormtrooper yeah. design. That's a very badass design. Like the mm. lines that come down every like that yeah, yeah. really enjoy the look of it um the zori thing is is fantastic yeah. as well you go back i love the padmace the patent look I'm a, yeah. dude, I'm a dude but i gotta respect the queen coming out with this this incredible design kind of working in a little bit of the kabuki stuff as yeah. well that was fascinating to see in such a powerful way i enjoyed the hell out of that. oh absolutely that shot in, in the naboo, naboo palace and the in the trailer even yeah. where it's moving in and she's got the lights it's uh it's pretty fascinating stuff there you're you're a fet guy you're a boba fan oh guy. yeah i love boba yeah. boba's my guy i still believe he's latino i don't care what anybody says uh, he's the only latino <laughs> in star wars boba fett i'll be, i know he's a whatever it was yeah, uh, yeah. tomorrow morrison but Django. but like you know i still have a feeling that he is that so yeah, that's why i'll cheer for him that. always yeah, yeah. Nice. uh outstanding stuff man some prequel designs anything you love in the prequels and he's he said you're more originally folk original trilogy focused um, but I mean, there, there was a ton of stuff. I thought the, I didn't care for them as characters, but I thought the robot designs were really cool. Yeah. Um, especially the rolly ones that come up with the double oh, guns. Oh, Droidica. Yeah, those, Absolutely. Uh, those, were, those were really yeah. badass. Um, I love the, the yellow ships. The Star Starfighters, yeah, yeah. And I, again, Darth Maul was one, oh, of, yeah. one of the greatest it's, of all the movies. Like, that's 
a it, phenomenal design. It's like you saw it and you went, that's Star Wars. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah. Great stuff there. A couple more questions. Uh, then we're going to Canon and get to your Twitter questions out there. Uh, John Favreau, uh, if you don't follow him on Instagram, do it. So one of those great sources for Star Wars news. Uh, tweeted out, uh, excuse me, Instagrammed out a picture of an IG series droid. Remember, IG-88, most likely not the one you're seeing in a lot of the stuff for Mandalorian. He could show up, but I think it could be another one. But that's a, a Dave Filoni original sketch there and they they use that to announce that Ludwig Gorenson has begun scoring the Mandalorian mm. so we got a November release uh, this is a accomplished young composer what are you expecting what do you want from the, uh, the sound the, the the feeling of the Mandalorian greatness yeah. <laughs> I am um, I'm so I'm more excited for the Mandalorian than I've been about Star Wars stuff in a long time because yeah, I think a lot of people are yeah again like I have this Wild West smuggler Star Wars thing that I think that's to me yeah. that's certainly where they're going with it. And Absolutely, I, I, it, I'm just so excited. And Favreau, I know he's a huge fan and he's so accomplished. Mm-hmm. And everyone they've got involved is spectacularly good. And I just, I just want oh, it yeah. to be. I just want it to be as good as I think it's going to be. I just want it to be that good. And I, I think it's going to be that good. And that. Warner Herzog and Star Wars? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. it, it's still. He's, I've never seen his Star Wars. What is Star Wars? I don't know what the life is. <laughs> Jedi. What is Jedi? Uh, it, Werner's the best. Uh, if you go see his documentary, he's best voiceover guy ever in the history he's of mankind. Great. He's so great. So John? Touch him. Uh, this, Sorry. Uh, I, 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 I feel like I'm railing. John, quit <laughs> making fun of Werner. Stormtrooper. Um, uh, I will say this. I, I, you know, you go back at his... I, was, I recently did something about Favreau, wrote something about Favreau, and you go back and explore Iron Man, you go back and explore uh, Jungle Book, recently Lion King, listen to the scores in those movies and how appropriate they are. Even a simple film like Chef has a great score that sweeps you up into what's happening in the movie and takes you through every scene. So for me, that's what I want to see in Mandalorian. I want to see, I think what, what Jeff said, is great, this idea of the Western vibe to it, but also a slightly epic feel to it, just bubbling underneath. It doesn't have to be big. Right. Just bubbling underneath this idea that you're watching something a little more powerful than you think. I recently saw Ready or Not and Brian Tyler's music in that horror film adds so much more life to the movie and I think I'd like something like that from Mandalorian that it's almost like you could take the score out and still enjoy the show all over again just by listening to the score. Right, right. Yeah, I'm so curious. I mean, he also, he, you know, he's, he worked on one of my uh, favorite uh, bands album, first albums uh, from Heim, the Days mm. of Gone album. I mean, he's got this rock sensibility. He's got this big theatrical uh, sensibility. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where it all comes down to the gunslinger. I'm so excited for that show, man. I can't wait. <laughs> Coming out November so 12th. Sign up for your Disney Plus, kids. Lots of stuff going on. Speaking of The Mandalorian, this kind of little tiny story popped up this week. Giancarlo Esposito is in The Mandalorian, and he talked about shooting his role, uh, what it might be, playing, you know, he's playing coy. He's not, he's not answering things. As, uh, I wouldn't want him to be. I think there's a lot of secrecy around The Mandalorian and, and characters that might show up and what's, uh, who are the characters that we know. Um, he, he talked about filming in the volume, which is what Favreau's used to film most of this show. Uh, Cameron used the same thing for Avatar, uh, and how that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a humanoid character. Mm, right. Now, at Celebration, and some of that footage, there was that trailer that came out. He's in it. You clearly see his face. Mm. In fact, it looked like he was in a TIE fighter. That could all be nothing. That could be just <laughs> waiting for him to be uh, uh, an alien creature. Uh, you know, we, we don't know. Uh, my friend Joseph Scrimshaw wants him to be a Doros. You know, mm. like that idea. So he, we also know his, his resume tends to see him playing the bad guys, maybe some underworld type of characters. The Mandalorian is going to be chock full of underworld characters, Jeffrey. What do you want from Giancarlo Esposito? I want him to be a bad mofo. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to, if he's gonna if he's gonna throw down in Star Wars, I want him to be a formidable, scary, yeah. smooth talking, soul stealing bad guy. It. Look at that hat he's got on. Mm. He's got a yeah, bowler. he's he's yeah. A, he's a good and he he's another guy who's been in such a large amount of great stuff. Like mm-hmm. So many great characters, so many great properties and movies, and like to have him, it, the alchemy of who they've got together for the Mandalorian is crazy. Yeah, and yeah. he's just he's that one. He's another step that elevates it beyond just like a genre TV show to like, wow, man, this this could it's, be all time. 
yeah, all be time. Potentially really good here, John. What do, yeah. we, what do we want from Matt Esposito? Well, I look at the quote, right? In a way, you might call him an underworld character. Might, mm -hmm. which means he'll... It sounds like to me he dabbles in the underworld, but not necessarily feels he is an element of the underworld. Right. And then he says, you may also look at him as a savior, or someone who might bring back some order to the world after it's all collapsed. What do the great dictators claim to do? You know, I may be bad about this, but the trains ran on time. Yeah. People had water. Stuff was going down. So this is, and this is how actors view uh, villains uh, when they play villains is they're, they're not villains. They don't think they're villains. They yeah. think they're doing the right thing. Thanos thought he was doing the right thing. And a lot of people kind of agreed with Thanos. Even Captain America let it slip that he could see the pot of dolphins out in the water in the Hudson yeah. because there wasn't as many people on the earth anymore. So you look at the, there's always a good and there's always good and bad to depending on your point of view and something like this. And it sounds to me like he's going to be a very integral part of this thing. And, you know, he says after it's all collapsed. So he's going to slide in and see his opportunity and be in control of the whole entire thing. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, are you ready? Let's move on to Canon. Are you ready, Adam? What's the deal with Canon? <laughs> Let's look at it. anything that has to do with Star Wars outside of the major, major motion pictures. We did just talk about The Mandalorian. Don't worry about that. Uh, we got some book releases coming out, but really I think the most important thing is, uh, we won't get to your questions here, but some stuff coming up. Star Wars Myths and Fables is coming out. Uh, actually came out this week. That's a middle grade novel. And here are the thrilling space tales, fables and myths that are told in a galaxy far, far away. A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova is out. Uh, that is the young adult novel. Uh, that uh, uh, no, that's not the one that deals with. But two, I apologize. And then more Star Wars comics. In fact, in my car, I have my stack because I finally went to my shop today because I was over in Northridge. So, uh, uh, Jeff, are you taking in kind of the new extended canon right now? I know you talked about Mara Jade and EU stuff, but I what try do you think to about keep this? up. But Frank, I'm so busy juggling chainsaws that it's yeah. hard for me to keep up. Yeah. Um, but I'm. I'm grateful that they made an effort to kind of consolidate everything because there's so many kind of loose yeah, wires yeah. over such a long time mm. to trim that down and make it a little more manageable. Yeah. And I like giving giving life to some of the backstory stuff or some of the ancillary stuff that might not have been considered right. so important. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I followed some of the comics when they came out, which I thought were amazing. So some of the the, the, new, yeah. the early new Marvel stuff where it was kind of – you know, post 2015 Jedi. Yeah. yeah. The, oh my God. Yeah. The, the shattered empire stuff was really good. And there's still a lot of good stuff coming out in the comics. It does get, even for the sake of, of doing this, I, I keep up and I'm reading Thrawn. I haven't read alphabet squadron. I'm, and I, I slowly am getting behind and it, it starts to, it's just hard to stay on top yeah. of it. Cause there's such a, there's such a huge amount of stuff. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. Not it's a bad just, thing at all. It's just, but you got to choose your battles with digesting I just, content. I also, I, re, I just stopped and read a, a book about the history of the kids in the hall because I was like, I just need <laughs> something that's not Star Wars right now. I need to talk about. How was the, that? It was really good. Written by Paul Myers, Mike Myers' brother. And oh, there you go. Really, nice. really good. Kids in the hall chat coming next after Beetle <laughs> chat. John, are you catching up right now? Yeah, slowly but surely. You know, uh, having produced the show for so long, you kind of have to jump into some of these uh, titles and enjoy them. And I like how everything is come along, coming along. You know, number 70 here, uh, Rogues, Romance, and Rock Monsters. Everything that's happening here, I'm looking forward, because uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they uh, tie all this stuff together and, and start, yeah. you know, Introducing new storylines to follow along. That's how they get me, those suckers. Yeah, That's well, how they get me. They just, throw in these little things. I think this was just announced yesterday afternoon. Um, yeah, uh, there was a new, there's a new book coming out called mm. uh, Secrets of the Jedi, and it's uh, oh. written by Mark Summerack, but it's essentially the Secrets of the Jedi as told by Luke Skywalker. Mm. Huh. So that would be interesting because, you know, he might have a certain opinion and point of view on some of the things they've done. Especially now. Yeah, he might have a different take on right. it there. Yeah, it's interesting. Right. All right. On that note, I'm going to wrap up canon because we got a lot of questions and we want to get some good ones. And uh, Jeff's been a blast talking Star Wars with you and Beatles and kids in the hall. Anything <laughs> else you want to talk about? You're killing me. Okay. <laughs> You're killing me. Uh, we got this one here. First coming up from Paul Beer. Paul Beer writes, Paul underscore Beer says, Hey, do you think the story will continue with certain characters in the sequel trilogy? Not of Skywalker lineage, hence the end of the Skywalker story, but not the end of Star Wars. The saga films is what he's talking about. Mm. Uh, this is the could one day we get episodes 10, 11, and 12. Still being in this main line, but not with some of these names and uh, surnames that we love. Jeffrey, what do you think about that? Um, I think it's certainly possible because right now they've got the Game of Thrones guys are 
doing a trilogy, mm-hmm. right. and Ryan Johnson's doing a trilogy, right? Supposedly still all still on the table. Yeah. yeah. So I would if I would I've heard that the Game of Thrones guys are going to go old Republic, mm-hmm. and that Johnson's going to go forward. Yeah. Now, how much? How many threads there are? How much continuity there? Are, who knows? Right. But but I think there's certain certainly enough that's well established where you could keep going from nine. And not necessarily have to have the Skywalkers in it. You could right. have them as a point of reference narratively, but right. I certainly think it's rich enough where you could keep going without that. Absolutely, it's it's uh, Game of Thrones stuff. You could you could get to the history or look ahead, and it's still House Stark still exists, but it's not the characters you know. So Skywalkers mm. might be around. I'm actually excited about that possibility, especially if it's if it's in the main, main saga line. I don't think it will happen for a while, if at all. Uh, we talked, uh, you know, you hear these stories. Well, Ray doesn't want to do Star Wars anymore. Daisy Ridley, nah. She just said this seems like we're done here, and I'm yeah, going to go yeah. on with my career. Right. Yeah. You know, as Harrison. Mark and Carrie said as well, uh, probably about 1983. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, 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 it's still possible, John. These, this oh, galaxy, yeah. this universe exists. Stories can go forward. Sure. And, you know, you, you referenced the original trilogy actors. Back then, you could be stereotyped that way, and it affected your job or the work you could get, right? That doesn't apply anymore. Right. So Ridley, mm-hmm. Ridley could absolutely come back to this and lose no face doing so or lose no – or incur any kind of shame as an actress or as a celebrity in that approach. So to me, yeah, it's certainly possible. And I think Ray is being set up as the new Skywalker. So mm-hmm. we could have the lineage go that route. She's trained by a Skywalker, so it's, you know, tangentially connected, but isn't necessarily a bloodline Skywalker and that is still moving on and also being separate which is what they want to do eventually so and we're going to find out what happens uh, with uh, Finn and with uh, Poe Dameron as well in these stories certainly Poe is lined up to have a wife and have children for God's sakes good looking dude so it's certainly possible on that end unless, that unless him and Finn are doing the thing then I got a problem with that either so there's life there as well so there's all kinds of stuff that can be explored uh, and even with Rosemary Tran and her character what's, what's that lineage going as going forward as well so there's a lot that they can play with that doesn't have to be skywalker bloodline connected i like that i like that <laughs> sorry i'm choosing my next two questions yeah, all right ahead. we're gonna stick with some of these classic names we got a couple questions here fred hazelton at disney stats whiz i wonder what could that be like wait times like he has all the wait times for the rides down or he knows the <laughs> History. I would, I'm, I'm, as a baseball stat guy, I want to know about this here. <laughs> the gold line pass card. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. want to know. Uh, he, uh, he writes this. Uh, the new trilogy gives us Luke, Leia, Han, C-3PO, R2, Yoda, Palpatine, and references to Vader. Where is Kenobi? What is Disney saving him for? Mm. Let's talk Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. Yeah, there is, uh, <laughs> other than, well, Rogue One, we know Mon Mothma's referring to Kenobi yeah. when he, she talks to Bale. And we got more Clone Wars stuff coming, but... Kenobi and the proposed movie, the rumors of the show, I believe, are more than rumors, but Master Kenobi, where is he? I hope that he's somewhere because I'd love to see Ewan McGregor have an opportunity mm-hmm. to really throw down and make him his own. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the prequels are much maligned, but the one part of it that I thought was universally agreed was that he was just so good. Yeah. Especially with someone like Alec Guinness. Like, you're, to, to take on that kind of an iconi- I, iconic performance yeah. and do it justice and also make it your own – acting against tennis balls and stuff like yeah. that's crazy yeah absolutely and i'd love to see him to have a real opportunity to to be in his prime and really be a badass and um and again so much of that from the end of three to when he meets luke is unaccounted for and he's yeah it's that gunslinger man with no name thing yeah. again mm. it's coming back you know, to that. and they touch on that a little bit in the comics that i really like a lot the marvel on the main line yes. yeah yeah mm. that, that are amazing and i know there's been talk of a show and talk of movies and i know you and mcgregor's down to do it i just yeah. have no clue as to what they're going to do with it but i hope it's something yeah. You know, it's like you never know. I always say, you know, my phrase is we're never in those meetings. We hear the rumors. We hear this. We, there's a lot, lot that has made me believe that either a movie or show was close to happening or still might happen, John, including yeah. Ian McGregor walk, walking the red carpet at Solo, which is a Star Wars fan. That makes sense. But With also the beard. Just, just kind of like, oh, hey. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you want? You want a Kenobi? I know you're a Fett guy. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I mean. 
Look, I mean, Jeffrey made a great point. Fed had only three minutes. We had way more time with Kenobi. So Kenobi yeah. seems to merit more of a, of, a, of a TV show or a movie or standalone, which is one of the sad uh, results of stopping the Star Wars story movies. If we never got that Kenobi one, that they were possibly working on rumors that George had been involved in doing some of the early production uh, location scouting so that would have been fun to see what he would have but I think they're saving him because they don't know what they want to do with him yet because of the aborted attempts to do something with him uh, so I don't think you need to bring him out just yet let him come later after all the dust is settled from this trilogy then you can use and connect and touch upon and Mandalorian right. stuff as well there's stuff to explore here that Kenobi is connected to uh, one or two people away from being connected to or directly connected to so you can use that if you're going to do a limited eight episode series or ten episode series mm -hmm. with him especially on disney plus when they have, that, they have all that money to throw at a-list actors there's possibilities here that they can do something with kenobi yeah. that would be extremely satisfying for star wars they fans. are making a phineas and ferb movie <laughs> disney plus I mean, is raring and ready to go right <laughs> begun the stream streaming wars have this question is from schaefer prince at sg prince seven will people complain they will yeah, just... Oh, yeah. Uh, well, people complain <laughs> if Palpatine there. comes back in nine only to be killed again. I doubt he will come into the movie until around the halfway point. Will it feel anticlimactic and wasteful for him to come back and be defeated within an hour or so? This is a, this is a good question. This is, this is going to happen regardless. Whatever happens, we know. Brace for impact. But Palpatine's back some way, shape, or form. We got the laugh. We got McDarby coming out, dropping that mic at uh, Celebration, Jeffrey, uh, the Emperor. Not Darth Presley. Colonel oh. Palpatine. <laughs> what do you got? I don't know. Th that, of all the stuff I've heard about Nine, I, I don't know. I just don't know what, how you do that. Yeah. I mean, and I love his performance. I love the character. But I yeah. just don't know how you do that. And I, I'll defer to Abrams because he's, he's obviously got a good handle on it but they seem to know um but i just can't for the life of i mean there's different scenarios but like i just can't see how they're gonna pull it off and i hope they do and i hope he's a badass and i hope yeah. he just can can lay the smack down on somebody yeah but i just don't know out. with snoke and like some of the misdirects and some of the mm. last jedi stuff like how they're gonna bring him back in and I, i'm kind of with yeah mr prince yeah I think, uh, yeah, if, if he comes back, if it's, if it's just a piece, if they, if they do, the laugh shows up in the teaser trailer, McDarbert comes out, and maybe that's all they had planned for him, that it, it, it creates expectations and no fault of their own, which mm -hmm. is, we, we, we've got to, uh, you know, just kind of some, sometimes take a breath and see the story as it comes to us. But, uh, John, yeah. Palpatine, you, you, like, you like bad guys. I do, I love bad guys. Are you going to root for this guy to um, come back and kill? <laughs> well, here's the deal, right? What's the other option? He comes back and wins? Is this how you want nine to end, for God's sakes? There's, no, there's really no other option. It's about how they bring him back right, and exactly. how they make yeah, it work. Yeah. Then if he dies in an incredible battle, then it's earned that he was able to. That he only came back halfway through the movie and was killed eventually. Look, I hate to make a second Rocky reference, but a certain somebody came back in Creed 2, and guess what? Didn't get the job done again, but it was still okay to see him come back. He was still as scary and brutal and ruthless, but in the end, it couldn't get the job done. So to me, that could happen again if they do it the right way, because people loved Creed 2. If they come back and do it that way with Palpatine, I'm down with it as well. It's always about execution. It's plot. The storylines, plots, all that stuff is great. It's always about execution. I agree. You're very clean. All right. Final question of the day. Since we have uh, uh, been talking to Jeffrey about his uh, project, uh, The Sable Corsair, um, let's talk. Well, where did it go? Oh, here. This one's from. Uh, I'm doing a, I'm, I'm like Max Rebo today. <laughs> uh, except for this is feet. Um, Matt, uh, Darth Matt 87, M Craven 87. Says, Hi, Riley around. That's uh, uh, Mark R. Riley over there producing the show. Uh, big fan of Jedi Council and Rule of Two here in Australia. My question is if you had. A typical movie's budget to make any Star Wars story you wanted or capture any Legends material you wanted. What would it be and why? Cheers, guys. <laughs> Star Wars, thank you, Darth Matt. I just enjoyed an entire box of Tim Tams. Love your country's treats. <laughs> um, 
true story, too. It's why I probably why I had to go see the doctor today. Um, <laughs> John, I'll start with you. I want to close with Jeffrey. Here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Asajj Ventress, right? Asajj, uh, great one. Asajj and her romantic relationship. Doesn't she with have? Quinlan Voss? You yeah, want to exactly. see that? You, okay, you, you want to, do you want to adapt Dark Disciple, the book, which was That's adapted from Clone Wars what stuff? I'm talking about. Dark <clears throat> Disciple. That's a fantastic book. Okay. I love that relationship. It's badass. It pulls no punches. Mm-hmm. And it's different than what we've seen before in the main trilogy films so that would be awesome to see some more hardcore gritty down earth and a a love story and a people switching sides and where that ends tragically all of it i would love to see like plus it. asajj ventures up Badass. People love Ahsoka Tano. People don't talk about Asajj Adventures enough. That's a badass woman. I, I actually agree. thought that when when they first announced... There's a design I liked. Um, Good idea. Lupito Nyong'o. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that's who it was oh, going to be for The Force Awakens. I, I, that was many minutes on this show, mm. per show, for a long time. was like, it just seemed to fit. And yeah, Asajj is a great character. Uh, I, I really, a lot of credit has to go to Katie Lucas for taking that character as just a cool design and, yep. and just exploding it with this justified rage and turning it into something great. I like that answer. Um, Jeffrey, what do you got? Other I've, than other what got, you've already done. I've got two. Okay. okay. One is, and I've heard other people make this reference, <clears throat> but the thought of having the money to actually do it for real would be amazing. And that is essentially a Star Wars Jedi-themed version of the Seven Samurai. Right, 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 right. Like an actual... Like Ronin yeah. samurai, like oh. masterless samurai roaming. Yeah. Working for money, working for hire. Okay. Could be the greatest thing of all time. Yeah. Um, the other thing, wow. similarly, would be bounty hunters. I would love to see a wordless Bosque bounty hunter movie. Ooh. And now that Disney owns Fox, <laughs> where he's hunting down aliens and xenomorphs and predators oh, and all that but, stuff. But just no dialogue. No dialogue. <laughs> like that famous Snake Eyes issue of G.I. Joe in the <laughs> original run. All right. Just visual iconography and yeah. dynamic and crazy and insane and him and IG-88 just yeah. go and just see, going what, around. And, see, what's awesome to me is we're talking about budgets and big screen, but like Disney Plus... I'm not it's saying not they're even not a concern anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, but they don't like, even care. All right, here's an hour Bosk special, and it's artsy, and it's yeah. no words. Yeah. And we'd be like, yep, sign me up. Like Bosk on Masterpiece what? Theater, sitting in front of a fireplace, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have a tale of two cities, yes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, this, the, the, the Ronin type of idea. Because we heard, even with Rogue One, I think it was like, hey, it's going to be like, going to be like, but it all kind of filters back towards a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. But you're, walk, you're talking about, hey, let's do this like that. I love that. As far as my answer, look, you know what? I sometimes, uh, I don't know, I slag on the EU sometimes. It never was really my favorite thing, but that, there's a lot of cool things in there I like, uh, and I do really enjoy the James Lucino novel, uh, Darth Plagueis, the story of Plagueis, and how it ties into Phantom Menace, including literally kind of being around the corner, looking at things, and it's uh, obviously the rise of Palpatine. I, I love that character. Uh, I know Christian, is, he's the one who put mm-hmm. that book in my hand years ago and said, I... Just read this one. I would love to see some sort of adaptation. You could tweak it to fit whatever you need in new canon now, much like Zahn is doing with Thrawn now. I'd be on board for that. So we'll get some money. If you want to send us some money to make these movies, Jeffrey volunteered to shoot I, them. I like money. <laughs> money be Good great. Stuff. We're about ready to close out here today, but it's been a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed uh, Collider Jedi Council. We're going to sign out. John Roca, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can always find me at the Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And if I could plug again tomorrow, Collider Conversations on that feed, the deep cut uh, with me interviewing Andrea Burlot, the director of The Kitchen. Go listen to that. And Sports Time live tomorrow, 1 p.m. Sorry I can't be there to talk more baseball. I know. Playoffs are coming. Playoffs are coming. You'll you'll be back. So they're also coming in my MLB The Show franchise mode, so we can talk about that, too. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that, too. Jeffrey Henderson, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, You you were one of my favorite guests we've had in a while. Oh, stop it. Uh, Other than passing at events and cons and and never really meeting, today was a great time to sit down with you and talk Star Wars. Well, I had a great time being here. Thank you so much. Awesome. You are not just a Jeffrey. You're a planet. Planet Henderson's where they can find you, right? I am indeed. Every, like, everywhere on social media it's just planet <laughs> at planet henderson hashtag planet henderson awesome snail mail planet henderson yeah. all that stuff it's, it's all good you all know. good please come back yeah. i would love Let's to do and thank you sincerely no. it's been a real pleasure you guys i'll do it and i hear tell that if uh, the, the schmodown uh, star wars division ever expands Whoa. or comes back that you might want to do some trivia competing 
Yeah? Yeah, me and Darth Presley, baby. Let's We're on it. it. Let's do it. Uh, as for me, you can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to Cadnapsock.com to find out information on where to uh, purchase my book, Why We Love Star Wars. Speaking of love and Star Wars, and August 24th, as part of the Central Coast Film Society's presentation of Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, I'll be hosting the screening, doing a Q&A, VIP book signing. That's up in my hometown. Not just my hometown. That's on my old high school campus, Royal wow. Grande High School. I'll be there August 24th. Go to Central Coast Film Society for more.org for more information that's it we'll see you next week christian hope you're having fun relaxing the force it's going to be with you don't worry napa know-how at napa auto parts stores and napa auto care centers get a 25 dollars prepaid visa card when you get any napa automotive battery It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa Automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.